Wow, I don't know who is sitting in this place right here. But man, I just put my headphones on and I swear I'm going to need eardrum replacement. Holy cow, that was loud. Yeah. That's like Tony Schiavone and Bob Caudill, David Crockett all through the years listening to Ric Flair go, I was hoping to do that last night, except my Wizards let me down again. And what was very interesting to watch, and and being an, being an owner of a team is an awesome thing. A, because it means you've done so well in your life that you've built incredible wealth that you can own a team. But I was watching last night, and I'm watching... Mr. Leonsis, just watch them walk over to the huddle. And I'm watching his eyes, and I can see he's looking at them and reading body language at that time, which had become, look, it had become pretty apparent at that point they were going to need a miracle. A, because they couldn't stop the Hawks when it mattered, they couldn't stop turning it over. And when you have to, when you have a team at home against the, that's right in front of you in the standings and you can't, Finish them off. You can't, you know, win the game against the nine seed. Now, what the hell are you going to do in the playoffs when you got to face like a one seed or a two seed? And that's where you aspire to be. It was a tough, I mean, despite, despite 43 from Porzingis, they still lose the game last night. And for those of us that have been lifelong Wizards fans, our frustration continues. Frustration continues to Chris Russell for. Commanders fans, because they want to sail yesterday, mm-hmm. but, 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 hi, buddy. as Mr. Snyder apparently doesn't want to deal with Mr. Bezos, that's fine. Other people are arming up financially here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is That's a kind of a funny way to say it. They're arming up financially. We, of course, had heard Tillman Fertitta's name, mm-hmm. a big-time Houston person. And now it looks as if Josh Harris, who, of course, remember, Josh Harris has already toured the facilities. Mm -hmm. He apparently now is partnering up with the type of financial assistance that he may need to get to the finish line in this bidding here for the commanders. Yeah, we just got this news right before the show via Adam Schefter. Shefty. And this is, to my knowledge, Shefty's first foray into any of this. Like, Shefty's been noticeably quiet. And remember, he was the one that had the really good in with uh, Dan and T. Remember, they sat down with him. T sat down with him. Mm -hmm. Only interview she's done was with Shefty on the podcast. And it made her look worse. Quite honestly. (laughs) Um, She did herself some damage. Um, And... Dan had leaked something, or Dan's camp had leaked something to Schefter. I can't remember exactly, but this is Shefty's kind of first foray into all of this reporting on the sale transaction. DC billionaire, and I'm reading from his Twitter, at Adam Schefter, of course. DC billionaire Mitchell Rails, R-A-L-E-S, is partnering With Josh Harris, who you just mentioned, the owner of the New Jersey Devils, and the Philadelphia 76ers, who's a Maryland native, who has toured the facility, who has, from the front, or from the start, I should say, been the only contender 
that nobody's had a problem with, meaning Dan and Dan's people, who has been a consistent force, has never been ruled out, has never hemmed and hawed, has never tried to play the game, what have you. He didn't have enough money on his own, was one report. But Mitchell Rails, a D.C. billionaire, is partnering, according to Schefter, with Josh Harris, in their attempt to buy the Washington Commanders per league source, Rails is the co-founder of the Danaher, I believe is how you say it, D-A-N-A-H-E-R Corporation, which is D.C.'s largest company. Now, I might be the most naive SOB in the world. I, I got to be honest with you. I've never heard of the Danaher Cor- Corporation. I literally did not hear about it until the story, until five minutes before, and I looked some stuff up. And I mean, I, you know, they're an international company, uh, but but they're also, I guess, headquartered here, and that's all awesome and great and whatever. I know nothing about them except they're a publicly traded company, which this Mitchell Rails has built along with his brother and others to a point, Pete, where they are apparently in position. To partner with Josh Harris. And that's the real... I, I don't care so much about Dana here, no offense, and what they do and what they're about. I mean, clearly they've had some success. You don't become a billionaire without having some level of business success. But the fact that Josh Harris, who you have mentioned several times, and you're right, is a proven, bona fide owner of sports teams, knows exactly what owning a sports team and has done it twice and is doing it twice Mm -hmm. and has built new venues, granted, very different than football stadiums. The fact that Josh Harris has been in this from the start, has the experience of an ownership group that you're looking for, has the knowledge and the firsthand experience that you're ideally looking for that, quite honestly, Jeff Bezos does not have in terms of owning a sports team. Obviously, he's had, you know, boo I mean, success got, elsewhere. He's got Thursday night football, too. Right, but he does, But it's different than owning a sports team. Josh Harris sure. has. The one thing Josh Harris has that Jeff Bezos doesn't have, besides the fact that Dan doesn't blame him for everything or anything, is Josh Harris, if you're thinking about it from a what's better for the commander standpoint, Josh Harris has the ownership team experience times two that – Ideally, you would be meaning he's not a first-time renegade who it might take five, ten years for him to figure out mistakes. Kind of like Dan. Kind of was. like Dan, right? So that's an important thing, and I think you've been very smart to point that out a lot. Maybe a lot is 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 too much, but many times, several times. So I give you credit for that. I didn't. Okay, we we all kind of wondered. The only thing we've heard bad about Josh Harris is he didn't have enough capital to buy the team outright, right? I mean, unless he sells off the Devils or the Sixers well, or based whatever. On, based on the way, and w- that's why there's been discussions mm-hmm. about whether the NFL needs to change some of its, especially because now the the money that some of these teams will go for. Let's face it, if you sell, you know, uh, if, if you sell a team, you know, in a market that's not doing much, they're probably not going to be as as big as the the Commanders at five point six million dollars, or the Cowboys who might one day fetch somewhere near eight million dollars because of their stadium, because Billion. of their 
Or billion, rather. What did I say? Million? I think the Cowboys would only get $8 billion. Uh, I, again, I mean, again, because of the rules and how much cash you have to have on hand, yeah. the question is, is how much can the bidding actually yeah. uh, get up to? But the point Did being you is... Jeff Bezos buying the Cowboys? Well, I mean, he could, but I don't think Jerry's going anywhere. Yeah, Jones family's so. going to be around for a while. I agree. Um, they're going to be around for a little while. Um, so... You know, maybe one day I'll be in that box as part of the personnel department so I can shake hands with Jared. He'll look at me, he'll say, Pete, you've been a great addition to this personnel oh, department. Oh, so now you want to now you want to leave the commanders and Ravens front office bid to run the Cowboys? To I, don't, be, I don't have to run the Cowboys. I just, you just want a voice in the Cowboys. I, just, well, I don't even have to have a voice. I just want to very quietly every day walk by Mr. Jones's office, give him a piece of paper, uh, say, hey, here's the, here's the college personnel that we need to be worried about you, coming up the next month. After you crunch the tape, you yeah. just want to hand him a pink slip or Not a pink slip, because that means you get fired. I just want to say, hey, M- Mr. Jones, hey, here. A legal pad yeah, full sure. of notes yeah. and observations. And that way, when Mr. Jones goes into the meetings, he will mm-hmm. look like the smartest man on planet Would Earth. Would John Michael Schmitz be at the top of that that legal pad? He'd be, he'd be a name that's pretty close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny you say that, because last night I was sitting at home with a legal pad, and I was writing down <laughs> some of... I was trying to put in order my offensive line guys that might be available at 16 or beyond in case Washington trades back. So uh-huh. I just started doing that. Um, also at corner, I've come to the grips that it's going to be Porter at 16. Gonzalez is going to be long gone. Weatherspoon's going to be long gone. So if you're looking at corner, it's probably Porter uh, at that point. Potentially Branch, but I like Porter over Branch. So, yes, with a legal pad, I'd give it to Mr. Jones and say, Mr. Jones, this is what we need to do right here, sir. Uh, I, I, we'll, we'll get into the corner debate at, at, a, at, a, at a different time and helping Jerry the corner Jones office, out. The corner office right, right now, if, look, the Rails brothers are big sillies here in D.C. You knew of them or no? Yeah, why? I mean, like, I told you I'd heard of them. Okay, but, and I, but I'm how? trying to track down what capacity. I don't know if they got involved in bidding for another team at some point. But I'd heard their name somewhere in DC news and stuff. Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, they're God. One of them, I think. Um, one of them, I think they're from Montgomery County. So but I that, don't know where exactly they're from, yeah, but I'm going to look this up. Hold on, I got Mitchell Rails. Just, this is from the Danaher uh, leadership team website. What have you? Uh, It says, Mr. Rails is a co-founder of Danaher, if I'm saying that right. I hope I am. And has served as chairman of the executive committee of said company since 1984. He was the president from 84 to 90. Mr. Rails is also a member of the board of directors of each of Colfax Corporation and Fortive, Fortive, Fortive Corporation, and is a brother of Stephen M. Rails. Again, who is not listed in the Schefter tweet. Stephen, his brother, is not listed in the Schefter tweet, but Stephen is very much a part of the board, of course, at Denny here and is the co founder along with his brother. So you would think, you would think that if Mitchell is involved here, Stephen might be involved as well. But whatever, the strategic envision and leadership of Mr. Rails and his brother, Stephen, helped create the Denny here business system and have guided. The company down a path of consistent pro- profitable growth that continues today. Blah 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 blah. I mean, his, Listen, alleged, his alleged net worth is five point six billion. So okay. you've done something right. So they've got. You're talking about. You're talking about Mitchell or Stephen? Uh, Mitch. Okay, so if Mitchell's worth five point six billion, what is Stephen potentially worth? 
uh, probably the same, right? Or somewhere uh, around the same. Well, so I mean, if you click on this, so I, I guess my point being is, if you can uh, again, now Schefter only oh, mentions Steve's worth seven point five. Oh, okay. Well, hello. <laughs> um, hmm. um, good, good morning, Mr. Rails. So, <laughs> where, where, can, two sugars, three creams. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so listen, they're they're based on Pennsylvania Avenue and Northwest. I, again, I I don't know anything about the company and in terms of what they do, but that's their corporate office. If you have two brothers, and again, Steve, um, the one that's mentioned in Shefty's tweet is is just Mitchell, not Stephen. Here, according to the story from Forbes. Stephen Rails and his brother Mitch acquired a company called REIT in 1983, merged it into their firm Danaher, and they focused on tax avoidance and cash flow. They acquired more than three dozen companies and turned Danaher into a diversified firm. Right. Um, They had, according to this Forbes story, they had around $29.45 billion in sales in 2021. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. Okay, so so could, here's could the they, here, could they come work with our salespeople yeah, over here? Exactly. <laughs> so here's that the deal. Would be great. Right? Again, Steven the brother is not mentioned in the tweet. That doesn't mean he's not involved. But if you just take Mitchell by himself mm-hmm. and combine him with Josh Harris, and I don't know why the brother wouldn't be involved if Mitchell's involved and they've done everything seemingly together, including build this corporate behemoth based in Northwest. If you just took Mitchell, as it said, and he's worth almost $6 billion. And Josh Harris, obviously owning the Devils and the Flyers and building, I'm sorry, not the Flyers, uh, the Sixers and the Devils, building his own new arena in Center City in Philadelphia. Building his own arena. Steve Ballmer style, okay? Um, hello? Like, this might be, this right here, along with the fact that Dan doesn't seemingly have any agenda against, as far as we know, either one of these guys. Meaning, I don't know if he's ever done business with Mitchell Rains. I Rails, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Again, never heard the name until this morning uh, and 20 minutes ago. According but if to he's it, never had a burnt bridge with them, that's your new ownership because Dan is so spiteful that he will not sell to Bezos. Well, let's... Let's connect a few dots here. Let's connect a few dots here. According to uh, their Wikipedia page, Mr. Rails and his wife uh, have established what uh, an art museum called Glenstone, a private museum in Potomac, which presents exhibitions of their collection of art. They're obviously a huge art collector. He also grew up in Bethesda. He went to Walt Whitman where he was the captain of the high school football mm. and baseball teams. Mm. And a boy, Mr. Rails, those are the two sports Pedro played in high school. Yes, I sir. mean, I mean, he looks like a nice a nice guy on, on Google Images. Teach me how to sell this show, Mr. Rails, so we can sell this show and make I, a lot of money. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, listen, here's, here's the deal. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. There, there are people that don't want Je- – like Junior calls all the time. He hates Jeff Bezos for whatever reason he's got. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. In, uh-huh. 19, in the 1980s, the AM side of radio station WGMS mm-hmm. was sold off to Stephen and Mitchell Rails, who converted the music station into the first frequency for WTEM, a sports talk station in 1992. I knew I knew his name. Because oh. guess who worked there then? I did. 
Look at this. Look I at, knew I knew the name. Look at Pedro on fire with what? the research. I wait, This is going to take me time to unpack. I knew I knew the name. So what you're saying is, is Mitchell Rails can come in, save the day, buy the commanders along with Josh Harris, and then buy us. I don't know if, I, hey, if he wants to come over here and buy us, that'd be great. I mean, but, hey, and, hey, hey, Mitch, Mitch, all I want, all I want is a six, small six-figure salary and job security, and so I don't have to do 17,000 jobs. I knew I knew and, the name. And all I want is for Pedro to co-host the show, Matty Ice to get a full-time spot, uh, and, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, let's buy an FM signal. I mean, that's that's all I want. You know, Woo! just buy out somebody, and we can do business. And then we'll be bros. I told you I knew the name. I'm sitting, I told you before the, we even hit the... The I know. beginning You're of the right. show, I'm like, God, I but know But you, you thought he had bid for a sports team. but I knew it had something to do with sports, right. though. But ultimately, somehow connected to this station. Yes. yes. How about that? 301. How about that? No offense to anybody. We love Odyssey. Coming up. Glenn, Mitchell Rails, come and save us. Glenn Clark joins us next to talk about Lamar Jackson and the divorce in Baltimore, or will there be a reconciliation? We'll talk to Glenn next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. It's Russell and Matt Hurst. We're here till noon each and every day. Of course, there was a time in the NFL where if you had a top-flight quarterback, it was almost blasphemous. To talk about that quarterback moving on to a different franchise. Now, just like in the NBA, superstars move and NFL players are saying, you know what? That might work well for us, too. Of course, one of the higher celebrated divorces right now could be between Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. To talk about that, our good friend Glenn Clark joins us from our sister station, 105.7 The Fan, and his own podcast, which gets underway in 34 minutes. Mr. Clark, good morning, sir. Hey, Drew Rooster. What's going on, my brother? Well, How are you? Good to hear from you, pal. Nice to, Great to talk to you guys. Nice to have you on. By the way, we will get back to, uh, as we were talking about in our opening segment, uh, the Mitchell Rails uh, report from Adam Schefter, Josh Harris, the commander's ownership guys. Stay tuned for that. But obviously, uh, you know, I, I know you've been talking about it for months and months and months on end. Yeah. Pete and I have talked about it nonstop for the last couple of days. And, I, of course, Lamar is always a hot-button topic. Um let me. I guess let me start this by asking you. We're here on March 9th, a couple of days away from legal tampering. Uh, apparently, teams can't negotiate with him during the legal tampering window because of the right. wacky rules. Uh, non-exclusive franchise tag. If if I would have asked you a year ago if we would be here on March 9th, 2023, you would have said. Yeah, no, the deal would have been done. Chris, I think everybody knows the Sean Watson thing changed everything here. I mean, this is everything about where the Ravens are with Lamar Jackson, all the other noise, the idea that this is about Lamar and being injured. or something. The Ravens want to give Lamar Jackson a boatload of money. They are fully and completely committed to that. They aren't going to do a Deshaun Watson deal for Lamar Jackson. And there's certainly room to have opinions about that. And I, I don't blame anybody on either side of that. But that's the reason why we're in this situation. And as much as it's about Lamar not having an agent or whatever, all of the other myriad things, the entirety of the story is the Deshaun Watson contract blew things up. Lamar Jackson said, 
if that's what the market is, then I'm definitely a better person than Deshaun Watson. I'm a more accomplished quarterback than Deshaun Watson. That's what I should be getting. Hard to blame him for that. The Ravens said, we've got no interest in that. And to this point, neither side has budged. The entirety of the story is the Deshaun Watson deal. Is there any part of Lamar Jackson, in your opinion, that wants to return to the Baltimore Ravens at all, regardless of of what kind of money is put in front of it? It's an interesting question, Pete, right? Because everything about Lamar Jackson has always been yes. Like, he's been happy here. He's loved being a part of the community. He's There's never been a moment that would make you think otherwise. The only question is, has he become so bothered by this process that it's changed that? As you guys can imagine, it's been extraordinarily difficult. You know, once upon a time when Joe Flacco was the quarterback, Joe Linta, his agent, I couldn't get him to stop. He would he would ask me to come on and talk and go on the record and, <laughs> you know, say crazy things. And it was wonderful for us in this business. This has been far more difficult. Like, I've had communications with Lamar's family, but they are the exact opposite of that. They have no interest in going on the record. They have no interest in talking. They have no interest when, when they've, you know, leaked the thing to Stephen A. Smith a couple weeks ago to try to push back on ESPN's reporting about a fully guaranteed deal, it was kind of weird because we, they just don't do that. They have never been um, a group that has put anything out there. So it's been tough. I have no reason still to this point to think that the well has been poisoned and that Lamar Jackson has just decided, hey, whatever offer might be out there, if uh, please don't match it, Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to hold out. I'm not going to be around. I have no reason to think that. But to your point, Pete, yeah, of course, there's a, a possibility that this has gotten contentious. There, I I can tell you that the Ravens made another offer to Lamar Jackson just last week, and he literally did not respond to it. Now, that might just be because he said, don't send me an offer if it's not fully guaranteed. Like, that's – I'm not – you, you know what my number is. If it's not that, I'm not talking to you. But it's got to be frustrating for the Ravens. I know it's frustrating for the Ravens. And at some point, perhaps Lamar Jackson has just decided if this is if he feels disrespected by it, and I don't know if that's fair, but if he does, perhaps he decides he just won't come back. Our guy Glenn Clark is the king of all media in Maryland. Check him out on Twitter at Glenn Clark uh, Radio 105.7. The fan, of course, in Baltimore and everything in between. has got his podcast very successful, uh, much more successful than me. So uh, wow. kudos to him. Uh, so I wanted to ask you this. It's my contention. I don't know if I'm late on this or whatever, that there were two things that were important to Lamar. One, getting revolutionizing the offense into a more pass friendly pass happy what have you offense meaning get rid of Greg Roman uh and two getting that uh, whether it's a dollar five dollars five hundred or five million past uh Deshaun in the fully guaranteed structure mm-hmm. is, is are both of those were both of those the contention for Lamar when this offseason started? And meaning, are we halfway there to making this a reality, or am I barking up the wrong tree? So I would say the latter more than the former. The okay. former is definitely he wanted to open things up more. He he wanted fewer design runs. Like that part is true, but never specifically that he put out or his camp or leak that it had to be without Greg Roman. I I have no reason to think Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman didn't have a good working relationship. I just don't think that Lamar Jackson wanted there to be as many design runs. And we saw that the last couple of years. The last couple of seasons, there were fewer design runs. Ironically, when that happened, and this is the ironic part, is this belief that Lamar Jackson's at more a greater risk of injury when he's been a runner. That's been the exact opposite case. Right. He's been a greater risk of injury because he's been more of a passer. When he's a runner, 
nobody can catch him. He can see all of the tacklers in front of him. He's the fastest guy on the field. So, you know, that part, yeah, they, he definitely wanted to have a more pro-style offense, and Greg Roman doesn't run that. So the Ravens, you know, they had to move on from Greg Roman. So I, specifically to the name, no, no reason to think that was an issue. It's just that Greg Roman doesn't run that type of offense. But the Deshaun Watson thing it is relevant in all this. Look, the one time that I got information from Lamar's camp, I was told – Personally, this is, it goes back to last fall that it doesn't have to be as black and white as completely fully guaranteed. They could be a way in there to make it work. To your point, it would have to be a bigger contract with more money in it and more guaranteed money in the process. So we're talking about something like a maybe a $300 million deal that had $240 million of fully guaranteed money so that the Ravens could save face and say they didn't go fully guaranteed. Lamar could save face and say he got more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson did. But, you know, the Ravens aren't doing that. Not, they have no interest in doing that. And unless the market dictates that they have to do it, they're not going to do it. What culpability does John Harbaugh have, Eric DaCosta have, in the style of play that has it's gotten Baltimore to a certain extent? And, I mean, let's face it, if Tyler Huntley doesn't try to play Superman from the two-yard line last year, they mm-hmm. might knock Cincinnati out, Glenn. Um, you know, are they still cool with this style of play, or do they want to move towards something that's more, uh, you know, I don't know, for lack of a better term, pro-style, NFL-friendly, more passing? You know, it, it, are they still very comfortable with a style of play that obviously netted Lamar an MVP back in 2019, albeit four years ago? Yeah, I think it's a fair question, Pete. I I would say that based on the hire of Todd Munkin, and one of the things that they have gone on about with Todd Munkin is that his strength is that he can mold an offense to his skill set. And everywhere he's been, you know, he got the best out of Jameis Winston in the NFL. He got by far the best out of Baker Mayfield in the NFL. He got the best out of Stetson Bennett, who we remember was a walk-on quarterback in college, right? Like, And these are guys with different skill sets. So their argument is, we've got the guy that doesn't have to be beholden to a system. We are not committing to any sort of specific system as much as we're going to put players on the field and trust that this guy is going to make it work. So to the point, I think the answer is no. They don't want to be the run, 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 run all the time team that they've been under Greg Roman. And again, that's just who Greg Roman is. It's what he's done everywhere. It's what he did in San Francisco, what he did in Buffalo. I think they're committed to changing that. I don't think that this is the Baltimore Ravens we're talking about. They still feel romantic feelings about AFC North football and winning in the cold in Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Cincinnati in December and winning in the cold in January. I don't think they suddenly want to become a team that's going to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, whether or not Lamar Jackson is their quarterback moving forward. This is in their DNA. It's in Ozzie Newsom's DNA, and he's still you know, part of the process here. It's in John Harbaugh's DNA. It's what they do as a franchise. They are going to want to be a team that's going to run the ball, and they believe that Todd Munkin is going to help them with that. They're just not going to be quite as beholden to it as they were with Greg Roman. Yeah, you know, Glenn, a lot of people, a lot of the number nerds, and I don't know which side of the fence you come in on, uh, hate running the ball, think running the ball is you know 1970s style and all that. You just said the DNA and, and the footprint and, and the DNA for the Ravens organization has been doing just what you illustrated. And and, and for good good or worse, 
Like, that's won them a lot of games, and it's won them a couple sure. of championships. And, yes, you have to have other things, but people should remember when that's your DNA, that's what you are. That's what you're identified by. You are what you are. Again, you can tweak it, fix it, what have you. Uh, so I think that's a really good point. Here's my question to you. Uh, from a national perspective, all of a sudden in the last 48 hours, you have seen – yeah. Oh, my God. Robert Griffin, who, of course, is Lamar's best friend or one of Lamar's best friends or whatever. You've seen J.J. Watt recently retired, trying to get himself a new job. Come out, uh, media reporters, uh, the NFLPA is working their sources beyond, all alleging, hinting at collusion. Mm -hmm. Do you believe, yeah. do you believe that with all these teams allegedly, reportedly pulling out, and and again, I don't believe all of them, do you believe that there is collusion or alleged collusion and reason to believe that here? Or do you think just, again, teams are concerned about rightful things, i.e. the Deshaun Watson structure and Lamar's injury history? Let's let's go through all that because Chris, you know from all the years that you've covered this league, you know as well as anybody, there is no reason for an NFL team to be truthful at the moment. There's right. no benefit right. to it. There's right. you don't get a prize for being honest with a reporter in March. There's no reason for a team to put themselves out there and say, yes, we want Lamar Jackson. If you're the Atlanta Falcons, and there's a world where Desmond Ritter might have to be your quarterback next year, and clearly they're going to try to upgrade to that position. But what happens? if all the quarterbacks come off the board before they get a chance to pick. And Desmond Ritter's got to be that guy. Why do they want to piss him off right now? Why would they publicly come out and say, yes, we want it to be Lamar Jackson, when even if you're truly interested, the Ravens can still match whatever offer sheet you put on the table. So the first thing is, I, I take, grain of salt doesn't begin to describe what I take these reports. There's no reason for any team right now to say that they're in on Lamar Jackson. There is no benefit to it. And there is absolutely zero world where it makes sense to be truthful at the moment when it doesn't help anyone. So that's that's the first part. Secondarily, do I know that there's collusion involved? Of course not. Um, is would I be would I be naive to think that NFL owners don't collude? I, I think we all would be naive to think that they have a power structure. They want to protect it. It was abundantly clear based on the comments that we heard after what the Browns did that they were not happy about the deal that Deshaun Watson got. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they all got in a room and looked at each other and said, "Hey, we're not." going to do that again right like we're not going to let contracts go to that place but can i prove it do i think that lamar jackson win a lawsuit you know I, I i guarantee there's no paper trail if it existed your point is relevant there are other reasons one the biggest reason is for an unrestricted free agent the ravens want lamar sorry an unrestricted and non-exclusive franchise tag the ravens want lamar jackson back if you put an offer sheet in front of him that isn't crazy front-loaded to make it impossible, they are almost certainly going to match it. So a team that gets involved with Lamar Jackson right now probably isn't going to end up getting him, and that probably plays a factor in decisions that teams are going to make. Isn't it unique, though, that the Ravens have said, okay, if you think you're worth this much, we've told you we think you're worth this much, here's right. the ultimate game of chicken to say, okay, let, let's go find out. Let, let's see what your worth really is. And, and, as you pointed out, it only takes one team to come up with a really bad offer sheet uh, yep. for, for Baltimore. But I'll ask you this. If somebody does that, are they comfortable that they could go win the same amount of games with Tyler Huntley or some other variation at quarterback 
based on, you know, again, as I said last year, they literally should have knocked the Bengals out in a what is an incredibly tough AFC right now. Yeah, no. I mean, if they are, it's it's an insane hubris, right? Like you look to your point, Pete. Look around the AFC. You think you're beating Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence with Tyler Huntley? Is it no? That's not happening. They would they would have to draft their quarterback. But look, I I do truly believe that whether it's based on what they know, other teams would be willing to offer or. They think that this is going to work out in their favor. They are definitely frustrated with their ability to get Lamar to the table. So in their mind, they're saying, you go out, you figure out what the market is, and then come back to us, and we're all on the same page at that point. Now, that could go wrong. We we know there is a possibility that there's a team um, that could, especially if it's a team that doesn't have a top draft pick, doesn't have a top 10 pick, that there's a team that could put together an offer sheet that loads up you know, $60 million in the first year, someone who has incredible cap space and can just do that. There's not a whole lot of options for teams that have the room to do that, and the Ravens would find it impossible to match. But short of that, they are going to probably end up match Again, unless there's a scenario where Lamar Jackson has just completely said, I'm not coming back, and makes it abundantly clear to them, that's their plan. They want to match it. They want the market to be set. They want to get their guy at the end of this. Will it work out? You know, I, right now in the first 24 hours, first 30 hours, whatever it's been, it looks pretty good for the Ravens, right? It, all these reports about teams not being in, it looks like the market might come to them. But, no, there's no world in which it would make sense for them to think that they could do this with Tyler Huntley. The AFC right now is not set up for you to be able to win without having extraordinary quarterback play. Right. And they also, I don't know, have you seen their wide receiver room? Yeah, not yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the weird part is, you know, they've over-invested in that position and none of it has worked. Uh, yeah. Everybody winds up injured. All right, we'll let you out on this. Appreciate. It. I know you're busy. We're uh, we've got you know a bunch going on. But while we have you, Minnesota, Maryland tonight, uh, <laughs> nine o'clock, right here on the Team 980 Odyssey app. Uh, of course, on the Big Ten Network opener at United Center in Chicago. How uh, I, I would assume bitterly disappointed are you that yeah. they blew an opportunity on Sunday to get the double buy? And does that pretty much rule out? any chance that they could win this particular tournament? Yeah, it's a great question, Chris, right? Because, you know, there's one team in the Big Ten that's particularly good. There's one team in the Big Ten that's particularly bad. And the team that's particularly bad just won a game last night, Mm -hmm. and Maryland's playing them tonight. Um, Yeah, I think it's extraordinary to think that this team – as thin as they are, you know, they, look, Patrick Emelian's been helpful in the depth department, but I think it's extraordinary to believe they can win four games in four days. But you're also not going to tell me who they can't beat um, on a neutral court. There's no team in the Big Ten that they couldn't beat in this process. So I'd be surprised. Um, but, you know, look, it's been a, a spectacular season, uh, wildly beyond what you could have expected from a first-year head coach with so few high-level players on a roster and really six good players, what he's squeezed out of the millions, amazing. Um, I, I'm not going to get all that worked up no matter what happens the rest of the way. I, I think we have to judge this season as a success. Dude, you're the best in Baltimore, and it's not even close. Appreciate the time this morning, my friend. And Thanks, certainly pal. as uh, events warrant, we'll definitely have you back to talk about them. Appreciate you, pal. Love you guys. Appreciate it. You Thanks, got it. CC. Glenn Clark joining us here this morning talking about Lamar Jackson and the reality of both sides here. And obviously, as, you, as he mentioned, I mean, he's had, you know, contact with, you know, the camp, Lamar Jackson camp. And, you know, there's probably some common ground, but that common ground is going to require a lot of money and a lot of commitment still from the Ravens in the end. Washington. 
Who's going to partner up with Josh Harris to make a bid potentially for the Washington Commanders? Chris has a look at what's trending. Yeah, and that's how we started the show. In case you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980. DC billionaire Mitchell Rails, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, is reportedly partnering with Josh Harris, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, New Jersey Devils, who's already toured the facility, who is a Maryland native, in their attempt to buy the Washington Commanders. Rails, co-founder of the Denaher Corporation, uh, which is Washington, D.C.'s largest corporation, as we discussed, based on Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, and gave you the history of how he was once involved with this radio station. Again, if you missed any of that, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature, and we're getting right back to it with your calls. I think a lot of people will be excited about that. As we mentioned, also, Tom Pellicero, NFL Network, reminding clubs, uh, and we were just talking about Lamar Jackson, that next week's tampering period applies only to unrestricted free agents. So that means... It does not include Lamar Jackson or Deron Payne. Nobody can talk to them until next Wednesday, uh, March 15th. Sean Kemp, the former Seattle Supersonics and NBA legend, has been booked for an alleged drive-by shooting in Tacoma, Washington at a mall. Now, uh, a Fox News report from Seattle says that he had property stolen from his car uh, and uh, was tracked to that particular area, and a suspect shot at him, and he fired back in self-defense. Maryland and Minnesota, as we were just talking about with GC, tonight, Big Ten tournament in Chicago, 9 p.m. tip, coverage at 8.30 right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app, and that's what's trending. Yeah, Josh Harris trying to potentially rely on some of the Rails money coming as a partner in terms of buying the Washington Commanders. That's the latest to surface, the local Montgomery County native. Certainly the wealth is there. That's not even a question uh, at this point, which is good because now that makes the Josh Harris partnership that much stronger if indeed uh, Mr. Rails and Mr. Harris can uh, get together, dot all the I's, cross the T's, and uh, make a significant bid here. And, mm-hmm. Chris, that would seem like a very powerful partnership, but also one that would probably be more amenable uh, to Dan Snyder at this point if, indeed, he has as much angst against Jeff Bezos as is alleged. Well, that that's that's really the crux of this. Not only do they have money together, meaning Harris and uh, Rails, and, again, Harris needed rails to to officially throw his hat into the ring, right? And why wouldn't you? If you're worth that kind of money, you're based in Washington, D.C., you grew up in D.C., you might just be a Commanders slash Redskins fan. Well, might. I mean, yeah, I mean, not, not a guarantee. Look, I mean, these are guys that were involved. I mean, again, he was an athlete himself right. um, and was involved in sports radio. Yeah. Including right. this station when it was he, on he, AM570. He, he can be involved again for the low, low price of just direct messaging us and we'll hook you up with the right people. Okay. Uh, Mr. By the way, I'm pretty sure I still have a sports radio 570 mic flag. There you go. So I got a collector's you item. You and Andy my, Poland, huh? Yeah, my first tour of duty yeah. uh, uh, through the building. If Mr. Rails listens to the station that he once used to own, control, whatever, uh, if he still listens, hey, sir, 
please don't take anything I said about not knowing who you were uh, in any way, shape, or form. I, I just don't know a lot of Billy. Right. Like See, I know bad owners. All, that's Dan. I, I want to know a good owner. Chris, here's the here, first of uh-huh. all. Let me let me let me learn you something here. Okay, teach you something. No, learn you something. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't don't admit to. You said it once earlier. Uh-huh. Don't bring it back up again that you don't you didn't know anything. Nobody's going to remember it the first time. That's fair. You I, only keep hammering it in. Mr. Rails, I didn't know who you were. I, I, By the way, Mr. Rails, I had no idea who you were. That, that's fair. Can I, I lo- tell you, Mr. Rails, I had no idea who you were, but I'm glad you're here. A lot of people have told me not to. You know what he's going to gonna e- say to you? I didn't know who you were. Chris, I didn't know who you were. Right. And well, you're out of here. Well, he, here's the deal. We could be friends. We could be buddies. Look, we just need a handshake. I, I mean, I, I, but, I don't need to be your buddy. I just want to have a handshake and let's move on with football in this town. All right. So here's the deal. Um, so you take this for what it's worth. Uh, Scott Abraham, ABC7, he said, quote, I just spoke to several people in the Josh Harris camp. And they told me they can't comment right now for legal reasons. Well, that means that that means there's there's some embers burning. Right. And whoever leaked this to Adam Schefter is not going to make this up and throw this around and make Adam look bad and have it no teeth to it. So that makes sense, right? Um Pete, here's the deal. I don't want to overreact to it because we've we've gotten excited about reports and whatever. But we know Josh Harris is serious. We know Josh Harris has experienced twice as a team owner. Well, he's in already the, toured the facilities, right. too. And he's toured the facilities. So this, like, when Tillman Fortuda for Furtada got involved, even though he's owned a team and he owns, like, restaurants of, all over the country and whatever, like, okay, but I wasn't that excited. This out. And I'll admit that I was a little intoxicated to those Whoa. that have ha- have said, uh, Chris, you're, you're diddle up, diddle Jeff Bezos. Diddle up, diddle up, mega dittos. Well, Chris because Russell I know that's intoxicated. coming. I-, I-, I was a little intoxicated with the idea of Jeff Bezos buying this team, okay, because of what he represents and what he did with Amazon and so on and so forth, and because I want Dan to be kind of miserable. But I would say this. This is the first time that I've been really excited in several weeks about any of these reports. I guess I got excited when Bezos officially tried to throw his name into the ring a couple of weeks ago. And then remember, it was immediately stomped out by Dan's not selling to him, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Dan hates him uh, again, which we had already known. Um, But to me, Pete, this makes sense. This... This feels right. I don't know if it's right, but it feels right. Well, I mean, all it is, what it is, is it's a financially solvent partnership. I mean, this is a group that now, if this group indeed does come together, they've definitely got, not only do they have the capital, Chris, to buy the team, but they have the capital to manage the team. I mean, it's one thing to put the money down to buy it, but then you got to go execute owning it. And and for a couple of years, you could not spend a dime because you're trying to make some some of the money back that you've spent on the team. This type of partnership, though, Chris, would seemingly allow them to not only buy the team but also manage the team reasonably aggressive. Give your football people a chance to go out and do aggressive things 
to make your football team better in a division where you have aggressiveness all around you. You have Howie Roseman, who's a piranha of a general manager in Philadelphia. You have Jerry Jones, who is going to do whatever it takes likely to win in Dallas. And now you have a Giants franchise that went and hired a good head coach, and they are, you know, putting to the ground work into making that franchise more of a consistent winner. So to battle these three teams just in your division alone, you now would have the financial capability to, again, not only change ownership, but when you get it, do something with the team that matters. Okay, because th- I think that I think that's important. It's great if you can buy the team. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the club. You're a new owner. Now what are you going to do to make the team better? Well, we don't have enough money to really do anything. Oh, okay. This partnership would have the ability to do that. We'll keep talking about it. Touchdown at 10 is next. 11 o'clock. Georgetown's miserable season finally comes to an end. Our friend Marcus Washington making the cut with Mook was there. We'll talk to him about that. George Mason's big win yesterday as well as conference tournament action. Hot and heavy. Maryland coming up tonight against Minnesota, who upset Nebraska last night. Nebraska could not have mismanaged the end of that game worse last night. And the Gophers, shorthanded and all, win it. They'll face the Terps coming up tonight. We'll have it for you right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.